The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements of baseball that make America's pastime special. I'm Noah Scott, and I'm thrilled to reintroduce my co-host. No adjective. Wow, it's like nope. It's kind I, of I like cannot be described expect, sometimes. It's like when you go into a haunted house and and like expect to somebody jump out at you, and then the <laughs> fact that they don't is like even more jarring. It's, That's like it's a jump scare in itself because yeah. you know the next corner is going to be a terrifying corner. Yeah, Brandon Riddle, everybody. Uh, and uh, Brandon, what, oh, uh, what are we today? Talking we're going to lead off with some free agency boogaloo. So, as we are recording this, just a couple hours ago, MLB and the Players Union came to an agreement for baseball to begin. So, we'll talk a little bit about that to lead us off. And then we have something called Zeros to Heroes, with, of course, the pickle jar to end us today. All right, sounds fun, and uh, yeah, let's let's just get into it. So, uh, at what well is it like about like one today, two p.m. today, this afternoon? Yeah. Uh, it it broke that uh, yeah, they came to an agreement. The players' association and the uh, and the MLB owners uh, came to an agreement on a new collective well bargaining agreement, uh, and yep. it came with some format changes. So, uh, first reaction to just the lockout being over, Brandon. Thank God. I, it's, <laughs> I, I, I missed spring training. I was in Arizona last week, and as I was sitting in the airport, I talked to, I could do not, three different people who came down to Arizona for spring training, but of course it was canceled. So I was really bummed out for them, uh, but I'm excited to finally have baseball back on the menu. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited as well. Uh, you know, I saw it and honestly, I was surprised because I, I really didn't think it was getting done even this month. No, like I thought I thought we'd be starting back up again in like June, maybe. Yeah, I, I was kind of gearing up for cancellation of the entire season, to be honest. I thought it was going to be that bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I really was not holding out a lot of hope because the the negotiations had been so, uh, you know, bitter, bitter. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it had just been a battle. Uh, so yeah, I was really surprised to get this notification on my phone today, uh, this afternoon. And yeah, I was relieved. I'm I'm obviously really excited to get on with baseball, and you know, I'm glad we're not missing. Uh, I, I think they 
said they were going to try and do 162 games. I'm not sure. Don't yeah, quote me on that. Yeah, a couple of uh, double headers thrown in there. Um, okay. I, so in the last couple of years, so many players have missed a significant amount of time, of course, with 2020 being what it was and through right. injuries. And so I'm thinking someone like Mike Trout, for example, who's gaining all these stats accumulatively, like this would have been a major hit to have yet another year he's missed. And uh, so I'm glad. Yeah, no, and that, that's exactly what I was what I was gonna say. You, you nailed it. Was yeah, I was. I'm glad that we aren't missing out on another year of Mike Trout doing Mike Trout mm-hmm. stuff and Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto and all the, you know, both you know the superstars, both young and old. Uh, you know, because that's the other side is we could have seen some retirements, right? A lot, especially a lot yeah. of these guys coming off of the injury or coming off of you know their their older seasons like Kershaw. There's already kind of that conversation last year like might he retire so who knows if this had gone out and even been like a completely canceled season what would have happened yeah in like, situations? it's it's like looking back at you know world war ii for example with ted williams and thinking man he lost his prime years due to those years being gone kind of something similar with 2020 and maybe this cancellation here it would have just been disastrous so yeah very happy i am sad that we're not getting any more mike trout drawings um <laughs> but you know i'll, I'll I'll make that sacrifice. Uh, so overall, Noah, um, from a fan perspective watching the game, uh, what are some changes that jumps out at you? Yeah, so we won't we won't get too granular here because we do have other stuff to talk about. Uh, but I I'm honestly that's the other thing is I'm kind of disappointed that they they at the final deal that was agreed to. I think that the owners definitely as they always have they kind of took advantage of of the players a little bit and that's why i was kind of hoping uh that you know obviously i want baseball to happen but i was really hoping that it would go on longer so the the players could could have gotten more leverage i I agree and and to that point it was at least a step forward with the players union um obviously it wasn't you know the end-all be-all negotiations but this allows them to play and in five years take another step forward yeah i mean do we take what we can get we have to do this again in five years (laughs) i don't think i can i don't think i can um but yeah so so they did get some like you said some concessions so they did raise the minimum salary to seven hundred thousand, which is big uh there is now a universal dh a designated hitter which is probably the most the most impactful change coming out of this at least to the on the field product uh yeah so i mean unfortunate we'll we'll play some like sad uh you know some sad violin music right here but uh, yeah, the Universal DH is here. It's going to be in the National League for the first time, uh, and it, it. I just as a you know a purist, and I, I I love like a lot a lot of people love to hate on like the whole like oh you know I think it's strategic, but I do I think it's more of a chess match when you have yeah to and with at, at this point lineup. And at this point, why have different leagues? Just call it one Universal League, and yeah. the, uh, there's no difference anymore. And, and God is dead. It, <laughs> <laughs> okay uh no no and i agree because that was really one of the things that that makes that i thought made baseball special and made it different from other sports was they're they're not mm-hmm. they're not conferences they're two different leagues with different rules uh and i thought that was really a really you know unique part of the game and its history and now that's kind you know, of dead in the water here and, and, and maybe they're, they're talking about of course uh changing the rules to where you can't have a shift uh, on the field, so maybe just one league bans the shift, for example, and we still keep some semblance of standard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it's going to end up coming, or at least it looks like it's trending towards the NBA plan, where that's the other thing is, yeah. is they I saw today was 
Uh, for the first time, every team's going to play every team in at least one series, and the NBA does that as well. Ugh. I think every team plays each other at least twice. Uh, and so I actually, I'm I'm kind of in favor of, I don't know, I, I am kind of in favor of being able to play every team, because I think that's fun. Yeah, I, I get that, but I'm an old curmudgeon. I love having the two different leagues and yeah. having it be special with the Yellow Star game with the two leagues coming together, or the World Series being special. I, I love that aspect, but I do understand playing every team as well. Sure. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what those schedules look like. But I mean, I would think it, it would still be more dominant and more heavy. Obviously, you're going to play your teams in your division in your, your own league more. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can I can see that argument as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the expansion of the playoffs? I'm not a fan, uh, but I, <laughs> you know, they're talking to expanding to 14 or even 16 teams. Oh. So the fact that they're only doing 12 now, it's it's. I like sadly call that a win. The least of the the evils proposed. Yeah, because when you're that's the other thing is when you're doing 16 teams, there's 30 total in the league. Uh, half the te- you just have to go 500 to make playoffs because over half the teams yeah. are, are going to the playoffs. And even that 16 and teams, that, you can still squeeze squeeze in under 500 plenty of times. Exactly. And it's it's really, it, it makes it very anti-competitive when the owners are go from, okay, I need to win 90 to 95 games to make it to the playoffs to going, okay, I just need to break even and win 83, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to encourage spending, and that's just going to make for a worse product. There was an idea I saw floating out there. It would just kind of do away with the set number of teams and say any team that finished above 500 makes a playoff with, of course, the first I two seeds, like for example, that. getting buys. I don't. I mean, at this at this point, already half the team, nearly half are getting yeah, in there. I mean, well, so that's kind of the cutoff we're, anyway. We're at 12, which isn't bad, but now we've got a uh, the the three three game playoff. The first round mm-hmm. is of the playoffs is going to be three games now, which is kind of ridiculous. Because five games, I thought, was way too short for for a playoff series in baseball, you know, for the division yeah. series. So if you, if you just have like one ace, for example, yeah. to pitch a game one, come to relief a game three, also, you know, that's, that's, that's they it. They got rid of the game 163 tiebreaker, which I thought was the most exciting game in, in uh, baseball. Uh, you know, yeah. those one game playoffs are, are huge. I know I just said, said three games isn't enough, but I don't know. It's a tiebreaker game. Well, no, no, no. Situation. It's a tiebreaker yeah. at the end of 162 exactly. games. So it's completely different. It, yeah. And it doesn't really, it's very rare that it happens, right? Uh, so yeah, I think that the playoffs definitely took a step back because I think that they were the current system with the wild card game, with the now, tiebreaker game. I think that was like the best it's ever been, mm-hmm. and so I was now, a little disappointed. If there was a spectrum, we'd be close to more traditionalists. But what about the game as a whole? Would the game as a whole benefit from twelve team playoffs? Uh, I don't, I, I, I don't think so. I think that playoffs should be something oh. that's exclusive, and I, okay. I don't want to promote. Yeah team like worst teams getting in and you know it's it's it should be something that comes down to the wire after 162 games because the more teams that make playoffs the less those 162 games are worth and then it's conversation of okay why are we even playing this many when we could get you know scale it down to like 140 or something uh mm, and, and so okay. i think i think also just you know it's for consistency wise it's it it's yeah i i'm just not a fan fair enough yeah but uh the the last uh in the the last real uh well i guess there's also just real quick they added a fourth level of the competitive balance tax um which creates a third third subcharge on the teams to really limit upper level spending that we've seen from the mets you know that we've seen from the dodgers and, and the, the steve cohen tax and that's yes. really i think that's really annoying because that's anti-competitive too because you're you're effectively trying to create a ba- a ceiling well that, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is on on player spending and that's going to drive down player 
you know, revenues as a, as a whole. So like, I, I was really not a fan of that either. Um, cause I don't know. I don't think we should reward owners for not wanting to spend money. Let's just invest in the game. Like that's it. Um, Makes sense. But, uh, anyway, you know, we're getting baseball back for better or for worse. Uh, I feel pretty good about it right now on, on the whole. I'm excited for people for spring training. I, I could get started as soon as tomorrow. Yeah. I would. I still hope. I would still wish the players held out another two weeks just to eliminate yeah. the DH. Um, but you know, can't can't have it all. Just, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but it did actually create a pretty unique free agency situation as a kind of side effect because teams and players have not been able to coordinate and talk with one yeah. another throughout the the whole of this lockout starting back in December, and so now everyone can talk with one another, and we should be getting uh, free agency signings. I believe the period actually opened up it. Uh, about 45 minutes ago so uh i i actually i was really expecting there to be a flood of signings like as soon as i thought so too it hit uh we will see i guess as we record the rest of this episode uh we can i guess live react to anything that goes on uh i i i don't know because it hasn't happened yet i don't want to i don't know if it will so i guess we'll we'll see where we are at the end of end of this episode in regards to that but who knows maybe maybe it'll be you know something cool will happen and uh we'll catch it but uh, anyway on to yeah. our uh, our planned you know the bulk of our episode today uh which is uh well it's zero themed <laughs> uh <laughs> i i don't know why i i was just really in i don't know it's one of those like 2 a.m like ideas you have and you're like okay, sure, sure yeah. this will be fun uh, but to kick things off with some pickoff trivia, Brandon, which player to wear number zero has accumulated the most career wins above oh, replacement? My goodness, I am terrible with numbers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, base like jersey numbers. I know Babe Ruth wore number three, right? Um, that, I mean, that besides direct players, yeah, that's about it. I, right. I have no idea. Okay, um, give, give me some options here give you some options uh you know there's not a lot of good ones because <laughs> i'm not gonna lie so it's like a, so, not a lot of players have worn zero um so, so we're looking like a 1.2 war type situation here for the most part yeah you, a little bit okay. i can i can just i can just go into it so it's actually al oliver with uh 16.1 uh, war okay uh wearing the uh the number zero so uh, that was 16.1 more out of 43.4 total in his career. So that's a that's a pretty solid player. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I really hope uh, that whenever he was on this team, the announcers when he pitched called him Al Oliver and Company. No, no, that's that's a, so, so, somebody listening to this will. <laughs> okay, uh, but anyway, that will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get into a segment here that we've titled uh, "Zeros Heroes." Uh, so, uh, kind of in the spirit of Al Oliver and the number zero. So there have actually been 31 players to wear number zero since oh, Al dang. Oliver, uh, first donned the number back in 1978, following a trade to the Texas Rangers from Pittsburgh, where he had spent the first decade of his career. Uh, so he said all of a sudden, you know, I was going to a new league, a new city, uh, and zero was a starting point, And I wanted to start all over again. A lot of people thought it was an O for oliver which makes sense too but rather being an o it was a zero so that's kind of interesting and i can definitely see why people would do that and i think honestly if my last name started with an o i would totally i would totally be number zero that could work that is so cool and we'll actually talk about a couple players that uh that used the zero for uh for an o because well that was their last name 
but I, I think that's kind of kind of funny that you know that's kind of what people jump to was Ofer's last name mm-hmm. when it, it was really for him like a, a reset point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> then he's he's quoted in a, a little later. He said, you know, what really cracked me up is that his old manager uh, with the Giants, Danny Ozark, he always said, you know, zero is not a number. And so Oliver was saying it, it was always funny to hear guys debating about it because wherever he went, you know, that was always a conversation <laughs> was was it zero oh, even man. a number? Because that's the thing is, you know, with only only 31 players to ever have, you know, worn it sure. total. Right. Like that's that's very few out of the. Yeah, uh, over ten thousand players to to wear an MLB jersey. <laughs> I, I I bet those players that were talking about if zero is you know a real number or not, they thought maybe it's an imaginary number. Yeah. Hey, anyone? Can, can hey? you just wear an I? There you I go. I don't know. I I, I yeah. That's, that's okay. Anyway, back to fun <laughs> things. Uh, <laughs> well, really, baseball is just numbers. So, uh, ever since his move to Texas and his change to number zero, he actually like like I said, he compiled sixteen point four WAR, which is very respectable. Had a one twenty two yeah. weighted runs uh, created plus, and he hit a traditional three twelve batting average uh, with eighty four home runs. So, a very solid player. That'll do uh, absolutely. You know, it's a pioneer the the number zero. Uh, and he made four consecutive all-star teams from 1980 to 83, won three silver sluggers. Uh, and he actually won the uh, National League batting title in 1982 when he hit 331 with the Montreal Expos. Oh, so yeah. He was, he, that's a great that's zero. The, great representation yeah, of zero. It's, it's a great season. Great representation of zero. Yeah. Uh, and he actually retired uh, right after the 1985 season. Uh, and, and overall just was a very solid player hit 300 for for his career 795 on baseball wow. slugging uh, 120 wrc plus and like i said 43.6 war over 18 seasons so, so he was a hero and not a zero exactly even won a world series uh in 1971 with uh, the pittsburgh pirates and uh yeah so that's al oliver he 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 kicked off the zero wave perfect uh, and then he was followed by a, a handful of players uh so the next player to wear number zero over a prolonged period was uh Odeby mcdowell who wore it from 1985 to 1988 also with texas and oh. he was more of a middling hitter he was quick outfielder uh, had a solid career for seven seasons, 253, uh, put up 2.3 uh, wins above replacement and number zero of like the 10.7 he put up in his total career. So very solid. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'll do. I take yeah, that. He was followed up uh, and it's really funny how, how this goes. So Oliver wears it from uh, what, 70, 75 or, or excuse me, 78 to 85. Then uh, McDowell from 85 to 88. And now from 89 to 94, we've got Junior Ortiz. Now, he was more of a replacement level player. He did stick around Mm -hmm. uh, for quite some some time. And he actually wore number zero, uh, like I said, uh, in the twilight of his career, which he spent uh, with Pittsburgh, with Minnesota, with Cleveland, and once again with the Rangers. a good long twilight, yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, And he, like I said, he was was fine. Uh, He he had a, a 247 average. Uh, but actually wearing number zero in 1990 produced the finest season of, of his career uh, where he hit 335 with a 116 WRC plus uh, total uh, in wins above replacement over his 13 seasons was uh negative 0.3, uh, but he did, okay. he did make up to, uh, you know, 1.2 war wearing number zero. So he was productive. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's not as good as, uh, as McDowell or Al Oliver, but, but still no, but, but, Wearing zero one point two, it's not bad. And I just think it's it's interesting that you know we had it for about uh, 
yeah, about uh, over 10 years at this point between these three players, there's always somebody wearing zero, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. Uh, now, after Ortiz retired, a handful of notable players wore it in the years since. Uh, nobody really took it on for more than a season or two at the time. Uh, Ray Ordonez wore it in 96 and 97. Uh, went unworn a couple more years, uh, really then actually went dark for most of the 2000s until we get to Adam Onavino, who is the the heir to the number zero throne. Uh, he, he was uh, you might know him for calling out the long dead Babe Ruth uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago and saying he would strike him out, which for the record, he would. Babe Ruth would be terrified of a modern. Well, because because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't argue with that. Uh, Adam Bonavino started wearing number zero in 2013 with the Rockies. He actually asked to wear it, uh, you know, earlier in his career uh, with the Cardinals, but they told him no. But the Rockies teams can do that. Like if the number is not retired, they can say, no, you can't wear that number. Yeah, I mean, the, Do- Weird. the Dodgers kind of do that because uh, with Fernando's number, uh, it's not officially retired by the team. Well, yeah, that's, that's, it's di- a that's different, different story. Though. No, you're right. You're right. It's a totally different story. Um, but uh, yeah, you, I guess they can do that. So didn't want to let Ottavino wear number zero. Uh, now he actually did wear zero for the O in his name, actually both O's in Ottavino uh, and, and was wearing zero uh, even back in like little league because you know, it's an O that's just, mm-hmm. I just find that really cool. It's like some cool character. <laughs> he actually became uh, one of the more effective relief pitchers in baseball, uh, despite pitching in the very, Offensive heavy environment, of course, field had a 312 ERA and a 149 ERA plus with the Rockies before being dealt to the Yankees and actually became the first ever Yankee to wear number zero, which is fascinating. I kind of can't believe that the Yankees no. let him wear zero. That's like I can't believe that the Yankees didn't have a zero before then. I can't know. I just feel like that's one of those like purists, like kind of like snobby things that the Yankees would would do is like you can't wear zero like you 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 can't grow a beard you know that's just they kind of i feel like they wouldn't okay, be, yeah i don't know the, i like why did the cardinals say no to wearing number zero i feel like the yankees would because the they're thing. the cardinals the yankees are the national league no fun team yeah exactly that's why i'm surprised the yankees let him wear zero right like it just seems like it's too much personality i don't know uh but <laughs> I, that that is a way that I, that is a cool way i guess after Ottavino, because now he's on the the red sox if they've got like a really top prospect and they they want to like make him the next cheater right because all the all the other uh single digit yankees numbers are retired for the most part i think right my goodness yeah like i, I want to say like all i if not all of them all of them but one or, or Two, something three, like that four yeah uh, yeah that's pretty pretty full up but yeah i guess that's a new a, a new loophole is you could wear number zero and make it to the hall of fame i don't know that'd be cool uh and that's the other thing it, it hasn't been retired yet in by any team in baseball so i think the day that happens is going to be pretty cool uh but yeah so uh adam Adovino, he actually has been worth a 11.2 war while wearing zero that's second only to al oliver uh with 16.4 now he's still playing. Uh, he's likely to keep building, but the deck is very much stacked against uh-huh. him at this point uh, to overtake Al Oliver. He's entering his age 36 season uh, right now in 2022 uh, and has had back-to-back uh, kind of declining years in 2020 and 2021. And with about like six, 
six war left to go, give or take. Uh, or I guess five, I mean, it's, it's, it's like five. still he still has more than 50 percent of his war to accrue and he's 36. Like It doesn't sound great. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's going to be hard. So he'll his best career seasons. He had a little over two war. He would need to perform at like a peak for around three more years until he's 38. Yeah. So really, Ugh. it's it doesn't look too good, but who knows? Maybe he'll do it. Uh, but uh, really, I think I think that's that's kind of one of the cool things we we get to do is spotlight weird, yeah. you know, number zeros and players like this. And uh, Ottavino, uh, you know, if he doesn't become the you know, the grand poobah of the, the number zero family, I guess, uh, you know, at least he, he actually did really reinvigorate the number uh, in the 2010s, you know, since he started it up again in 2013, there have been 18 players to wear number zero, which was more than everyone up to Ottavino combined. So I, you know, he, he really kind of made it fashionable again. Uh, this includes Terrence Gore, Malik Smith, Billy Hamilton, Brandon Phillips, Marcus Stroman, uh, most notably, it's it's like guys who are kind of on the well right here. I just named three guys that are really fast and have nothing in the way of hit hitting tools or, or power or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, Brandon Phillips is, you know, kind of the tail end of his career with Boston. And then you've got Marcus Stroman, who who is, you know, very young. And he's I think he's yeah. is he wearing it with Chicago this year. Oh, I hope so. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, he might. He he. I think he, he might be back wearing it with the Cubs. Uh, but I did look around for a couple more reasons that people wear number zero because it just kind of attracts people for whatever reason. I found this. This was really funny from Malik Smith. And he says zero stems from giving zero uh, F's about anything anyone has to say about me. That's how the number came. Zero F's behind is behind zero. So not really like. A... <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the same reasoning that um, Agent Zero Gilbert Arenas gave an NBA for wearing zero. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and what's interesting is uh, Smith actually faced Adam Ottavino on April 19th, 2019. That was the first time that oh. two players that were number zero ever faced off against each other. Well, that's a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah, it's quirky, right? <laughs> Uh, so a record nine MLB players wore number zero in 2021, including Adam Anovino and Marcus Stroman. Can you name any others? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not even going to try. All right. Nope. Basically, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to read all of these names. There's like there's nine of them. Then there's uh, you're good. Just yeah, not nine players. Nine have players. Zero. That's all you need to know. It's really just well. Well, that's the thing is, it's like Marcus Stroman and then you know a bunch of guys that are kind of like on the mobile. So, so we'll see. I maybe we'll follow up uh, starting next year and see who's still around. Anyway, uh, more weird facts about uh, the number zero in baseball after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. If you had fun last segment, uh, it's time to double it up. We're talking about double zero. Double down. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the number double zero because I think that that's kind of like even the only thing that's really more interesting than a single zero is two of them. And it's, it's two, which doesn't mean anything else. It's weird. It's the exact it's same the number. Same. So how is that allowed? I don't know. It, it's it's That's a good question. I don't think we're doing math here because then you also have the, the guys who've worn 01 and, and, and now now what's that 101 or is it one it's uh so yeah the number double zero is far rarer it's actually only been worn 20 times and it's kind of like i don't know i feel like to wear the number double zero you got to have some sort of self-awareness like is it a gag i feel like it's kind of a gag right i don't know yeah because who okay we're gonna get into this because i have questions now so the number uh the double zero club has quite a few notable members including bobby bonds jack clark and don baylor which is good trio yeah it's a good trio it's it's i think more high profile than the number zero already uh the first to wear number double zero is actually a, a guy named bobo newsom uh, and he actually did it way back in 1943 for the Washington Senators. This is actually 35 years before Al Oliver would don number zero. Who would have thought? Uh, I, I'm willing to bet, you know, Al- Oliver wore zero, maybe because like his name had the O in it. And Bobo has two O's, so maybe two zeros. Maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the relationship there. Come on, Bobo. Well, well do we? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I just thought that was weird that that would that came before the singles here. Uh, it's it's also weirder still because Bobo Newsom didn't wear it in consecutive seasons. He or actually he did, but he he wore it in 1943 and then 46 and 47. So there was like a gap there. Well, did he play between those years, or he, he was, was he off in the war? No, he he okay. did. He was just bounced to another team that I guess wouldn't let him wear it. Uh, Probably like the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he was actually only worth that. Well, he was worth negative half a win. Oh. In, oh, uh, so in number double zero but he did win the world series in 1947 so there's that and he did have a productive career overall with 47.8 war total oh man so he put up 47.8 war um yeah the numbers but zero in the years away. with zero zero yeah. he put up negative yeah. ouch hate, that's a curse see it uh and you'll find that that's a trend because john mayberry and oh, joe no. page were the next to wear it and they did it for single season stints uh and then paul dade did it from 1977 to 79 uh, Paul Dade spent three years in Cleveland playing under double zero and only amassed a uh, 0.8 war. Uh, and, and so now we're at this. So, so I think we've had what four, three people so far have worn it, mm-hmm. uh, four people so far have worn it and haven't cracked a one win with, with double zero. Uh, Bobby Bonds ward in 1980 in his uh, season with the Cardinals. Uh, they actually let him wear, wear double zero. So they wouldn't let, they wouldn't let Adovino wear a single single zero in 2011, but they would let Bobby Bonds mm-hmm. wear double zero. In maybe what maybe Bobby again Bonds? Bobby Bonds two O's two zeros. Maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching here. Yeah, Bobby Bonds also end of his career, so he he's definitely you know. I, I feel like he's got a little bit of sway as a veteran. So yeah, he's, he's earned a double zero. Uh, he hit two two oh three 
uh, with the double oh. zero. Uh, worse, uh, he was worth negative point four war this, in his penalty. This number season. is cursed. Yeah, uh, on to Jeffrey Leonard. He wore it the longest. He actually wore it for wore it for four seasons, uh, okay. from eighty seven to nineteen ninety. Uh, so he, he's got a chance to make an impact here. He does. He does. He actually, uh, this includes two all-star appearances in 87 and 89 uh, with a, uh, you know, 257 with a uh, almost 700 OPS. Uh, now you would think two all-star appearances. He's got to break one war. He actually had negative 1.5 wins above replacement. It's the double zero curse. Now he was only worth 9.9 war total. So if he just didn't, <laughs> didn't have these seasons here he'd be worth all but yeah what 11.5 like 11.4 so the double zero it's definitely a curse at this point does has anyone got positive war well with double zero so that brings us to cliff johnson which is just a really cool really cool name it is that's, uh, that's a good baseball name <laughs> uh he actually broke the one war mark the curse uh actually with 1.3 war when he wore hey. double zero from 85 to 86 uh, and then Jack Clark with the curse broken put up 3.7 war uh, with double zero in 1990 there in San is. Diego. Yep. Uh, and uh, from there, it, things looked all right. Uh, really interesting tidbit here. A relief pitcher named uh, Kurt Laskanik posted 3.1 war in two solid seasons with the Brewers uh, at the end of his career in 2000 to 2001. That's what I'm saying. And, it's, like, and- it's always the end of their career. They wear the double mm-hmm. zero. And so, I'm very excited that there's a couple listeners saying, oh, I remember Laskanik. What a player he was those two years. Yeah, yeah. Whoever was watching the <laughs> Brewers in 2000 and 2001. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's really it's interesting because it's I think pretty much everyone I've listed has been in like the last like two, one or two seasons of their career. And it's yeah. just kind of like a last ditch, like, OK, I'm going to wear double zero. So that's obviously the correlation with I got nothing left to lose here with players struggling to crack a single win. Uh, but yeah, uh, then unfortunately, we had Brian Wilson pitch for the Dodgers in 2013, oh, the good old in days. 2014 in double zero. Uh, the less about that said, the better. Uh, and then just another weird fact is that uh, three players actually wore double zero at one time in 1988, which is That's so is kind of interesting. Uh, I And then uh, this was kind of to my next point, but Taiwan Walker was the most recent player to wear it when he was traded oh. to the Blue Jays in 2020. So nobody currently wears double zero. I'm kind of interested to see who's next. It's, it's well, we very, should have a lot of a free agent signing about right now. So hopefully one of them is going to be like, I bet I can break this double zero curse. That would be wild. Um, nope. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. My, my phone vibrated and I kind of was, was, oh, maybe he's right. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that it was going to, everyone was saying that it was going to gonna go off, but I, I guess not. Just for shame. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if somebody wears double zero in the future. I think that'd be kind of interesting because that is the rarer of the two. Uh, but yeah, any any closing thoughts on that? I want some decimals to come into play. I want a <laughs> 1.6 player. Um, you know, make it happen. Well, if you can, can do double zero, I don't see why 1.6 isn't allowed. Yeah, why not? Uh, or, or yeah, we can we can do some get some variables in there. But uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, that's our, our weird, quirky segment on zeros and players that pick number zero. I just find that interesting because I feel like it it, <laughs> it it takes a specific kind of player to to pick yeah, number like, zero and double zero. And I just thought it was funny that 
we saw a couple trends like a lot of the speedy speedy guys that couldn't hit you know mm-hmm. super for a lot of power picked single zeros and 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 we mentioned all but nine players who wore zero and double zero but like if we picked out like a number 10 we'd be here for days talking about players with number 10 yeah. so it's just odd that so well, few players have worn these numbers when you think there's been over 10,000 players to play major league baseball that's that and that only what what it was 20 have worn double zero yeah. and something like yeah 20 yeah 20 people wore double zero and uh yeah it was it was 31 were a single zero 32 and i bet there's some players thinking double zero is an option i didn't know that well maybe not for every team apparently not if you're on the cardinals so. i guess yeah i i think that would be fun i feel like that's a cool way to like that that'd be a cool jersey I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Somebody's maybe <laughs> maybe some minor leaguer, you know, ends up listening to this and some young and, whippersnappers and like, yep, I'm gonna work double zero That'd now. Be pretty sweet. Anyway, on to the pickle jar. Uh and we've got a fun one today. Uh it's it's called uh Rooster Tail. Never ever heard Rooster Tail as far as baseball is concerned. I feel like I feel like we've done a lot of animal themed ones lately. I guess well, you know baseball is uh, just an animalistic kind of sport. Yeah, sure. Uh, what, what's your your first guess? What's your first reaction to rooster tail? <sighs> so when I heard rooster tail, I thought, well, clearly that is the path the bat takes after being flipped. So it's like a rooster tail. I that kind of shape the, that path. Okay, taken. okay, I kind of get it. I was kind of I was like, I don't understand how. And there's Tatis with a rooster tail. That's not bad. No, that's that. I feel like judging by your reaction, it is pretty bad. Well, no, no, I, I, I don't think it's bad. I mean, it's just, it, it, I can see how you got there. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> did, did you know what it meant before you, you found out? I did not. So I, I was, I was kind of thinking that it was just slang for, for a hairstyle because I know that that like rat tails are a thing. I don't know, maybe a rooster tail. I could see like a pitcher, like, like maybe like with red hair having like a, a okay. bullet that could be a rooster tail. Sounds terrible, but okay. I yeah, I mean, doesn't sound great, but sounds sounds interesting. <laughs> Maybe like a Kenny Powers look. But uh, actually, so what we got here? What is it? Uh, it's uh, the the sight of a ball rolling on wet grass that kicks up water behind it. Oh, so at least has to do with the shape of something. So I was kind of on the right path there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, and and I like it because it's a visual one. You know, you can kind of see. Yeah see where that comes from i couldn't actually find uh much from the origin uh about it i just had it in like a thesaurus that i was flipping through okay but uh yeah so I, it's i can but i can see it feels like a very natural definition. yeah and i i can see a lot of uh worm burners having rooster tails yeah or, or bug bruisers right <laughs> or uh, bug bruisers to the rooster tails yeah yeah and i think that's that's one that's that definitely we can i think i want to go through all these and, and get a list of of our like really oh, good pickle jar words that we could we could like try and get back in you know had, like, during world war ii you had the, the navajo code talkers uh use their language and use it in specific ways to you know be, have codes for the uh, radios i feel like you could do the same thing with old baseball phrases like the the bug like, smasher with the rooster tail <laughs> like like use it as like code language yeah probably yeah you could totally do that. Yeah, interest. Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, I just like I just like because visual. It, it makes a lot more sense than than the tax evader or, or whatever we had. That's uh, true. Last yep. time, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good one. Uh, rooster tail. So so we'll, we'll the more you know, the more you know. 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, so I, I set that up. I thought that this was going to be like trades were going to happen or not trades signings were going to happen. It's, it's been like, you know, two, two ish hours or something. And I was just kind of, we got nothing. I was just kind of assuming that, that everyone was kind of on the low, like kind of sneakily talking to everybody, uh, during the, the lockout, but maybe they're all. Are you saying that the agents and players are going to break rules with I teams? That's not, that's not how I it works. Never. I'm uh-uh. just saying that maybe, never. you know, oh, yeah, I happened to bump into, you know, somebody when I was golfing. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess, unfortunately, that's not going to, we're not going to get it uh, in this one. But uh, who knows? We'll see. Anyway, if you uh, enjoyed all of that rambling about the number zero and about Rooster Tales uh, and just weird, quirky baseball facts tonight, uh, please follow along with Short Hops and Tall Tales on Twitter at Short Hops PL. Uh, follow Brandon at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott six and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review if you like. For Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott and this has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales podcast. See you next time.